Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, May 13th, 2021. Masks off. That's what the CDC is saying can now happen for fully vaccinated Americans. Life can go back to its pre-pandemic normal. We'll discuss that. Plus, while the coronavirus may be largely defeated, President Biden is facing growing headwinds as he tries to move the country forward. And finally, the growing toxicity on Capitol Hill reaches new heights. The head of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, spoke today to update the guidelines from the CDC about mask wearing for fully vaccinated Americans. Remember, that's either two doses of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine plus two weeks, or it's the one dose of the J&J vaccine plus two weeks. That's a fully vaccinated American. And these new guidelines are going to probably be a whole new incentive for people who have not yet gotten vaccinated to get vaccinated. At least that's what the Biden administration is counting on here because it was a dramatic reveal today. As Walensky said, we can now return to some sense of normalcy from pre-pandemic life if we are fully vaccinated. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. If you are fully vaccinated, you can start doing the things that you had stopped doing because of the pandemic. We have all longed for this moment when we can get back to some sense of normalcy. That moment has come for those who are fully vaccinated. Once you are fully vaccinated, two weeks after your last dose, you can shed your mask. Obviously, there are people who are still contracting the virus. There are people who are still getting sick. But those numbers have been dramatically decreasing uh, week over week. I mean, new cases down yet again 23% from just last week in the seven-day averages. This is a story about America reaching the point where it really has nearly defeated the virus. And Biden came into office as president, and he said this was mission critical. This was issue number one. And he, at this point in his presidency, can really show the American people now a true turning of the corner and putting that virus in the rearview mirror. And unlike a lot of previous CDC guidelines, this was not Director Walensky being mealy-mouthed or using confusing graphics or adding lots of caveats on the new guidelines. This was as clear and declarative a statement that we have heard from the CDC throughout this entire pandemic. Fully vaccinated Americans can now do all the things that they had stopped doing with the pandemic. Now, here's what else matters today. President Biden is experiencing a number of hurdles as his administration is trying to navigate negotiations on his nearly $2 trillion infrastructure package. Here's just a few of the major headwinds Biden is currently facing. New numbers that show spikes in inflation. 
The government reported higher-than-expected inflation numbers last month, posing real risk, potential risk, that the economy is overheating. Remember, this is a concern that some economists, like Larry Summers, former Treasury Secretary, had identified early on in the Biden administration, one that the administration had sort of dismissed, but now is dealing with this new data suggesting this is a real concern that they need to manage. Add to that the recent jobs report indicating that the labor market is still struggling to get back on its feet in the wake of the pandemic. Those numbers that were out last week in terms of jobs created in America, not nearly as robust as many people had predicted. And you're starting to see some of this concern on Wall Street as well. Now, in addition to the economic concerns, there's this escalating violence between Israel and Palestine that threatens to draw President Biden in. And then, of course, there are these rising gas prices that we're seeing and long lines, largely as a result of that colonial pipeline hack. The White House is scrambling to limit the fallout from the hack because people have started panic buying gas, which has led to a shortage, especially along the East Coast where the pipeline sits. President Biden addressed reporters today talking about the fact that Colonial Pipeline has gotten back online but urging patience because he says it will take several days into next week, perhaps, to get back to some sort of normal. He also used this moment as a reminder of why the country needs to harden its infrastructure. Let me say that this event is providing an urgent reminder of why we need to harden our infrastructure and make it more resilient against all threats, natural and man-made. Of course, the concerns about inflation, the fact that the job market is not as robust as expected, which many Republicans believe is due to the fact that some people are just not looking for a job because they're getting so much government assistance right now that it's keeping them from seeking a job. Democrats dispute that economic theory, but all of that combines to make it an even tougher environment for Joe Biden to now try and get a bipartisan deal on a huge infrastructure spending package and one that he wants to pay for by raising taxes. And finally today, toxicity on Capitol Hill is at a near all-time high, apparently. Yesterday, The Washington Post reported that Republican freshman Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia attacked Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat of New York, demanding that AOC defends some of her public stances. According to the Washington Post, Marjorie Taylor Greene attacked Ocasio-Cortez for supporting Antifa and BLM rights, and she goes hard after her as a socialist supporting the Green New Deal. Now remember, Marjorie Taylor Greene has a history of trying to draw the spotlight to her. Remember, she got stripped of her committee assignments, and Democrat Congresswoman Cori Bush of Missouri moved her office away from Greene's following a heated exchange she had with her in January. This is part of the outrage politics in America, the incentive to be so outrageous, try and create a viral moment, rally your troops around some identified enemy, and raise a ton of money. And by the way, we've seen Marjorie Taylor Greene do just that. She raised a crazy amount of money in the first quarter of this year, especially for a backbencher who's been stripped of her committee assignments already, just arriving in Congress. And yet she's raising money hand over fist from grassroots supporters who love this kind of blood sport in politics. And so Taylor Greene here is trying to feed that machine, that outrage machine, as her own sort of 
reason for being, and it's like giving her oxygen. Now, AOC is not taking the bait for the most part, and we all know she loves to mix things up on Twitter and has her own social following and is her own celebrity in left-wing progressive politics. She, too, can raise a lot of money with this kind of back and forth, no doubt, but she's trying not to take the bait that Marjorie Taylor Greene is laying for her. However, there are real-world consequences, and AOC has now called for heightened security on Capitol Hill with more and more members coming back. And it is no surprise that she's calling for that when you are facing these verbal assaults from your actual colleague in the halls of Congress. You just got to hope that we haven't reached the point of no return here, that some sense of decency can come back to the halls of Congress, because this now seems sort of peak nastiness serving nobody. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.